The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker, rocker, rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here for Rotten to the Core Wednesday. We're going to bring on Lynn in just a moment, but if you'd like to do so, check us out online, sonsoflibertyradio.com and sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you want to watch the radio show, the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, go to sonsoflibertymedia.com and you can scroll down right there on the right and you'll be able to see the video going there on sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can also check out that live video feed on my Twitter account at FPPTim, my Periscope account at Setting Brushfires. Also check out our Facebook page, Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty. Before it's news.com. We're there every day, uh, every weekday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time, Saturdays at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, and then also Bradley is back at 3 p.m. Monday through Saturday. You can check us out there at beforeitsnews.com. Thank you to Michael Roach for that. And also on DLive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. You can catch us there. We've got a lot of friends that were that are joining us from DLive. We appreciate you guys as well. All of you guys in the chat room, by the way, those of you in the chat room, you will notice that Lynn has access and she can see your questions and uh, she's interacting with you um, through that means. So some of this, I don't know what the issue is with our SOL YouTube channel, but somehow you have to respond directly in uh, the chat there. I don't know why that is. I'm going to get with the guys with Restream and find out why that is. But Lynn is there in the chat room with you guys this morning all across the platforms that we're on. Spreely Gab, MeWe Minds, and USA.Live. Find us there at Sons of Liberty or Sons of Liberty Media. For you guys who want to call in, maybe you have a question or a comment you want to um, present, uh, keep it to the topic. Numbers in the bottom right of your screen. If you're watching, 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. You're listening via Red State Talk Radio. And we always love to hear from you guys when you call in. We appreciate you very much and appreciate your support. And I see some people have already started some watch parties. Now, that, that's interesting. <laughs> and we appreciate your support in that. All right. So this is Rotten to the Core Wednesday. Uh, yesterday was a very busy day. Let me just tell you right quickly. Lynn and I did a pre, we pre-recorded a show. Um, I had my interview with Dylan Howard that we were supposed to have last Friday. And so I did three shows yesterday, plus all the stuff that I had to do. Plus, I had to run out and grab oil to change in the cars. Uh, so it was a very busy day for me. So you're going to get those two pre-records that we did next week, Lord willing, Monday and Wednesday. 
and then we also have, just to let you know, we have Dr. Thomas D. Lorenzo. He's the guy who's written all the Lincoln books that tells the truth about Lincoln, um, along with some other books, Hamilton, uh, Hamilton's Curse, and some other things that he's written about. We pre-recorded a show um, on Monday. That will air tomorrow. You don't want to miss that one. That one covers a big history here in our country of people from guys like Hamilton, who was considered the founding father, uh, who immediately began to attack the Constitution up to the present day and see how that affects your money and other things. And so you don't want to miss that tomorrow. Now, with that said, I'm going to bring on the Common Core diva, Lynn Taylor. Good morning, Lynn. Well, good morning. Yeah, I see that you were able to get in the chat and say hello to everyone, uh -huh. and uh, I'm glad for that. And so with that said, you know, you and I, we did a pre-record show that people are going to catch next week. Um, dealing with the U.S. and the United Nations, especially a mission statement that's been stated uh, or that's been put out and people will be able to see that. You guys are going to have to wait till next week to see what that is. But there's there's something that you've put out called education, COVID's jackpot. Now, I called it COVID's tyrannical jackpot because they're looking to control, from what you've said, they're looking to control mm -hmm. us and our children and they're going to make a profit in the means of doing it. You want to hit that? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what I've been able to also find, um, particularly in this article, you know, there are certain patterns that you get to see when you do enough research. I don't know if you have noticed that or if any of your listeners or viewers have ever noticed that, you know, once you start really following something, you know, you can see other things that connect with it. And so what I was able to do was, you know, look at all this stuff that's going on in the name of COVID. And of course, we know it's all about control. It's not about your safety. It's not about your well-being. It's about control. And of course, education factors into that. But knowing that every student succeeds at, as well as I do, Tim, I knew some of the mandates for the wraparound services, for the data tracking, for the micromanagement of your families. And we're seeing a lot of that happen in the name of COVID. We're seeing a lot of money thrown at that as well. We saw every student succeeds act through money at education, which has been done for eons and never fixes it. But then I got to looking at some of the things that are going on in the name of COVID. And I thought, you know what? This USMCA, the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, has just now in earnest started to take effect. And we're already seeing remnants of that connect to education as well as to COVID. So how awful it is to be able to realize that there's a pattern between the, every student succeeds um, at mandates, what we're seeing now happen in the name of COVID that goes with those mandates, and now what we're going to start to see with the USMCA and those mandates. All right. Let's talk a little bit about that because, uh, again, USMCA, just for people who, I don't know, are under a rock or have been listening to the propaganda, whether it's come out from the, the quote-unquote left or quote-unquote the right, um, USMCA was pushed by none other than President Donald Trump. He was pushed because he said NAFTA was a terrible deal, which it was. Um, he eliminated TPP, uh, first days in office. Look, he, get, he got high praise from me for doing that. Okay, so... Uh, you people who say you're a Trump hater and this, I wrote good things about him for doing that. Then he comes along with USMCA and he implements it uh, in a very strange way because this is supposed to be a treaty and the treaty only has to be approved by the Senate. He's supposed to be working with the Senate in that and they're to approve it. Instead, this thing went through the House, 
Then it went through the Senate. By the time it gets put into law, which a lot of it is unlawful, it's unconstitutional. Um, we've got, according to the Council on Foreign Relations president, this isn't my words, this is his. We've got NAFTA plus 10 or 20%. You know that really bad deal that Donald Trump said was bad for America? We got it right back plus 10 or 20%. We got almost 60% of TPP verbatim in the USMCA. And so when Lynn is telling you that this is a big jackpot for them, and it is tyranny, it is, what are you exactly communicating to the people here, Lynn? Because you've, you've got a couple of things broken down in this. Okay, well, um, what I'm trying to refer to is the fact that it's going to slot education and labor together to hold you back, to control you, okay? Because based on what type of education you have, how many years of that education that you have is to what kind of job you can get. And, you know, the hype about all these millions of jobs that are going to be created, Tim, no, if you look in the fine print of this agreement, uh, which is several chapters long. I think it's like 30 chapters in all. When you look at the, the breakdown of the number of jobs that are supposed to be, uh, created by this, they're not millions. They're not even hundreds of thousands. They're, well, excuse me. Yeah. It's just over a hundred thousand, 176,000 jobs, not 176 million, 176,000 jobs. That was in the fine print. Okay. Now, it's also going to totally rework our public health care. And this is why you can see what's going on with COVID and what's going on with education are linking right together into this. Okay. All right. Now, yeah, in case people didn't catch that, not millions of jobs, not hundreds of thousands. I think it was about 187,000 or something at the, at the max jobs that USMCA yeah, gives 176,000. Mm -hmm. it, it's kind of like the lockdown. Um, how much did that cost you, America? Huh? Did it cost you uh, six to eight point something trillion dollars? That's what that cost you. The USMCA is going to cost you a lot more. Uh, it's costing you your sovereignty because there is a setup of a three country government. It's, it's a it's a platform in which or it's a piece of the puzzle for the new world order, if you will. This is why I tell you, Donald Trump is the face of the new world order. I know some of you don't want to believe that because he talks like he wants to be America first and this, that, and the other. But when it comes to these kinds of things, he's anything but America first. It is globalism. I mean, this is what we've talked about, isn't it, Lynn? I mean, he is pushing global fascism. He's pushing a global education agenda as well. And, that's, and this is your forte, the education yeah. uh, perception here. Yeah, he, yeah, he is. I mean, you know, we saw it. Okay, we've seen it in the past few presidents, but this one has been the worst as far as pushing the, you know, we have to have this national streamlined workforce-based education. Um, he's got an entire administration that is doing nothing but promoting this. And, you know, this is what is so just mind-numbing to me that you've got so many people who are like, Oh, he's the one, he's the one who, you know, he's going to turn America around. Well, no, he's going to turn it around, but he's going to drive it into the ground. Well, we're seeing that now and everybody wants to blame Democrats and stuff like that. And look, they play their part too. Don't get me wrong. They, they play their part too. Uh, but this president has gone right along with them. In fact, I often tell people, I say, look at what has the president vetoed? What has he stopped from a Democrat controlled house? Well, he signed everything that pretty much that they've sent through. I think maybe there's been one or two things 
Uh, and he told you he was going to fight for you. He's going to shut down the government. Whatever we needed to do, he's going to eliminate all the fat spending. Remember, he promised you that, America, and he hasn't done that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so you're exactly right. Now, on this issue here, you got this new article out, Education COVID's Jackpot. Tell us about that, because you've got at least two things here that you see that come uh, from the whole idea of COVID. Now, you and I talked real quickly. You and I talked about uh, Governor Roy Cooper and uh, his statements yesterday in yesterday's pre-record. <laughs> so it's going to be a little confusing for people. I'm not, not trying to confuse you. But this guy is jumping in it with both feet uh, on the issue of education, the control of your children, where we may have them at school uh, full time or maybe we'll do it at home. We'll let you choose. And uh, but either way, we're going to determine what your kid is going to learn. And again, you know, I talk with E. Ray Moore down here in South Carolina. He said there are literally millions of families that have decided when school opens again, they're just going to homeschool. And I'm like, praise the Lord for that, because that's what we need. We need parents to step up to the plate, sacrifice whatever you got to sacrifice for the next generation to call them back to uh, our creator, the one who told us in Deuteronomy 6 that we should be educating our kids. But the state of North Carolina and other states like it, and even the federal government who has no business in this, and the states don't have any business in it, what are they wanting to do to our kids? And what? why are they wanting to do it, Lynn? Because you've, you've written about this uh, in your latest article. Okay, if you'll show the first image where it says returning to school during and after crisis, <clears throat> yep. Okay. Okay. That particular one is uh, going to show you what they're after is, um, oh goodness, hang on just a second. I did something wrong. Um, okay. What it's going to do is it's going to show you that they're not worried about your safety. As I've already said, their one concern is about outcome. And any time your government or any time anyone mixed in this education demise, you know, the Common Core machine, it's going to be about a predetermined result that they have come up with, all right, not your personal freedom. From page four, it says, the ultimate outcome of this work is to support students, families, and educators during the transitions back to school and following the global pandemic in a manner that prioritizes their health and safety, social and emotional needs, and behavioral and academic growth. Okay, social and emotional learning is what they're talking about. And social and emotional learning goes in with this, um, we have to come in and intervene in your thinking because after all you're not thinking the way we need you to think so we're going to use education to change how you think your values your attitudes and your beliefs that's what social and emotional learning is so when they're saying your social and emotional needs yes we all have those but this is the government coming through education tim to manipulate those emotional needs that you have that they think that they can uh satisfy you know, because in their minds, education is this great savior of every boy and girl out there because, after all, they have such a sucky home life that school's got to be the, the one who rushes in and becomes the parent. So we're seeing um, this come at it like, okay, we're going to not only control the students and the families, we're now going to control their minds. And that's a lot of what's going into it because they know that people are so 
uh, emotionally damaged by being so isolated. And they're not wrong in that, but they're not the solution either. No, that's exactly right. Uh, again, we go back to the issue of the family, um, th getting the family together. And look, we're we're going to be having Mark Crutcher on from um, Life Dynamics, and you know he he speaks specifically in the Black community, which has been targeted. People, I, I understand that we make choices, and they and they do, but they've been targeted for this. Their families have been continually attacked by the government in in the guise of helping them. But it's it's not just in the black communities. It's happening everywhere. The families are, are falling apart. And um, and this is the solution is to get back to the issue of restoring the family. This is the one area, the one place where Marxism really wants to attack. It is part of the mm -hmm. planks of communism. It, it, it wants to attack the family. Now, that's been under attack for what? Well over 100 years in this country. And uh, we've seen the results of it. So that has to be, that is the building block upon which, well, actually the building block is, um, is the Bible and the Lord Jesus Christ. But the building, building on top of that has to be the family. That is, that is this, the nucleus, if you will, of society. If that, if that's completely gone, then society is completely gone. But as long as we have that intact, we can fight against this system. We can, and we should, in fact, we're commanded to do so. We're commanded to occupy until Christ comes. That's what Peter tells us to do. Right. Well, one of the reasons why everybody is so ultra-concerned or seeming to be ultra-concerned about, you know, your mental health and, and your safety and all this other kind of stuff from the education standpoint is they want to keep track of you. But they also know, okay, first of all, they tell us, uh, you know, they've told us for years, parents, you're so stupid, you could not possibly home educate your children, you know, you have to be a professional to do, you know, teaching and all this other kind of stuff. So now they've, you know, they've been telling us that we can't do it. Now they've thrown everybody at home and said, oh, you need to do it. And now we're having parents who are finding, well, yes, I can, which is great. And then we have others who are of the mind of, I can't wait till the school opens back up because I can't stand my children. Well, my question is, you know, if you're going to feel that way about them, why did you even have children in the first place? Because that sends a terrible message to a child that they're not wanted by their own parents. So, you know, here, it is, and I think the reason why this is going on is I think it's part of the scheme. I really do. Because the government has, government has created this problem, and now they're going to rush in like the savior for this, you know, this family who, let's say, you know, they can't stand each other, and they're just waiting for the school to open. You know, they're going to rush in and go, oh, we have the solution. It's going to mean more control. So, yeah, it's great that we've got a lot of folks who say they're going to homeschool, but we also have the the unfortunate uh, reality that we've got folks who need to work. So how are they going to work a full-time job or a part-time job and be able to take care of the family and homeschool? So, you know, that's where we need people to step up and say, okay, here, I'll help you do that. But, you know, are we going to see that happen? 
the concern of that is, is that in every student sees that, it said that all educators had to be credentialed to them. All educators had to be aligned to the same thing. So this is a perfect opportunity. Unless we're proactive and fight this, this is a perfect opportunity for the government, whether it's local, state, or federal, to come in and go, wait a minute, no, we have no idea what you're teaching at home. So no, you need to be credentialed so that we know what you're teaching at home because it has to be what we say that it, it needs to be, not you, the parent. That's true homeschooling is when the parent picks it out. But this government garbage is not homeschooling. So those are some dangers that are happening with education for COVID that stand to make millions more from this system unless we fight it. Uh, well, I agree. All right, let's let's take something. You're probably seeing some of the in the chat. So let's let's take Terry. Uh, and by by the way, okay. Terry, uh, Terry, we're we're not your enemies. We are your friends. Um, and Terry, you're willing. You're welcome to call in. Two one five Top Talk. Two one five eight six seven eight two five five. Don't get in here and be a keyboard warrior. You're saying that Trump isn't promoting this stuff. He absolutely is, and so is his wife, and so is his daughter. They're promoting the same stuff. We've demonstrated it week after week after week after week in what they write and what they say and the things that, that the president signs. All of this is being It's not the Democrats. They're a part of it. Don't get me wrong. There are some Republicans in on this, too. But the president is all behind this. He is totally behind this. He is not even one ounce against any of the things that we're talking about here uh, with regard to education. In fact, if you think he's backed off of his thing with Fauci, you, look, they've got this love-hate relationship, but he's brought him right back in. Trump is caught in his pictures with his mask on, looking at Darth Vader with the with his cohorts behind him. I mean, come on, man. Come on. Call in. I'd love to have a discussion with you. Give us the evidence of what you're saying that he's not promoting it because we've already done it for what, Lynn? We've done it for at least a year, you and I, and you've been doing it longer than that. Uh, of showing yeah. he is he is behind this 100%. There is not one place where he's not behind this in federal control of education. He is definitely behind it, and so is his family. Just wanted to address that as we're on here. And I uh, okay. appreciate your comments, uh, Terry, but the fact of the matter is you need to educate yourself in this. You really do. But bring your evidence. If you, if you have something that we haven't seen, bring it. Now, uh, Lynn, you've got a... Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> I do like this this meme here uh, that you you have. Okay, for, go for ahead us. and show it. <laughs> uh, things you can't do without government permission: build a house. You know, our, our forebearers came over here and they built their own houses and they didn't have a permits thing. Oh, well, Tim, it's for our safety. Yeah, that's what they always say, isn't it? It's all it's for our safety and for our security. Do they ever incur any liability if your house burns down because you you know bad electric? No, they don't. Do they incur any kind of liability? No, they take your money is what they do. You can't drive a car without government permission. You can't go fishing. You can't collect rainwater. You can't hunt. You can't cross the road. You can't get married. You can't leave the country. You can't start a business. You can't fly on a commercial plane. You can't take drugs. You can't, let's change that. You can't take a plant that God has given you. Uh, well, and you can't take the synthetic drugs that the big pharmaceuticals who are in bed with these people uh, in government, uh, the fascists, that's what they are. You can't take that without government permission. You can't work without government permission. You can't be educated without government permission. In fact, is there anything? I mean, we're getting to New York City saw where you couldn't even have a soda or, you know, some kind of fattening thing, which, you know, again, those things might be bad for you. But the fact of the matter is you don't need government controlling all of that stuff. 
And at the same time, this is exactly what we're talking about with education. When you say, look, we homeschooled, you homeschooled, there are people in the chat room of homeschooled, and we thought, hey, we're out of that system. And I got to tell you, for the large part, we we have been as a, our family. I mean, nobody's come after us for all of this strange stuff, but I guess they could if they wanted to, if they wanted to enforce ESSA. Um, but uh, nobody's done that just yet. But it doesn't mean that they don't, they haven't set the, the, um, the steps for doing that, even though it's unlawful. And I think this is what you're trying to get people to see. If they want to come enforce this, they're going to enforce it under the color of law. It's not law, but they're going to come and enforce it under the color of law. And at that point, what is somebody to do? Well, I've already told you, folks, you have your own vaccination kit. It's called the Second Amendment uh, to deal with tyranny. It, in fact, the Second Amendment says it, the militia is there to secure a free state. And thus, it's why the people have the right to keep and bear arms. You think I'm kidding here. This is what they have done in communist countries. They go after the children to then turn on their parents to enslave the population. You better wake up, America. We ain't in Kansas no more. Lynn? I okay. Think, I, I, well, no, the, 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 I, I know I went off a little bit there on what was going on, but I was taking your meme as to what it yeah. said. No, it's, and then drawing yeah, it back fine. into education because eventually, sooner or later, uh, even the homeschoolers are going to have this pressure come down on the government to go along with whatever the indoctrination is. That's what they're going to have. They're going to have that in several states. Well, they've already got it through the science, technology, engineering, and math, the STEM, the apprenticeships, the career tech education, the dual enrollment, the concurrent enrollment, early college. I mean, you know, it's already there. But here's something we need to point out. You know, Trump is wanting to defund public schools right now because, uh, you know, this COVID mess is just really screwing things up. And uh, yeah, the best thing to do is just, you know, defund the public schools. Well, now I'm not, you know, that's not a bad thing if it was for the right reason. But first of all, let's look at this. He does not have the authority to defund anything. He does not have the power to shut anything down. If anything is defunded, you look at the Constitution, that is up to Congress because they're the ones who set the money. Okay, so Congress would have to defund public education, but he's wanting to do it over COVID. And you've got so many people who are, uh, you know, really upset with him on either side of the aisle. But let's remember, Obama wanted to defund public education for a totally different reason. It was over the Title IX misunderstanding uh, of the you know, who can use what bathroom. And he wanted to defund public education, and everybody was okay with that. So why is it okay under one president, but you're going to sit there and scream bloody murder over the other one? You know, if you were going to scream over any president trying to defund something, it should have been the one about, you know, the Title IX. But no, uh, we're not going to go down that road. But do you see my point? You can't sit there and, and say it's all one president when you've had another one try to do the same thing, and both of them are wrong in doing that. And now you have Betsy DeVos who wants to take public money and throw it directly to the families because, after all, it doesn't need to go to the state or the school because right now everybody's at home. Well, that sets up the false narrative, Tim, of the school choice. 
And if there's ever been a time for folks to really understand what page 17 says on Every Student Succeeds Act about all education has to be the same thing, this would be the time. This would be the place. This would be, no, don't take the public money that DeVos wants to throw at you because anytime the government throws money at a situation, especially people and children, it doesn't do anything other than give more strings for more control. And if you doubt that, there's a research guide, and I've got the image in my article, and uh, folks like um, the one who's wanting to say we're all idiots can look at, and this is from 1994, and it expressly tells you that the tax vouchers, the education savings accounts are tools to destroy um, school choice. It is to destroy education and prop up workforce development. And it's based on, and it tells you in the book, it is based on the former Russian model of education where you have to have everything aligned to workforce needs. It happened with the Nazism. It happened with the fascism and the Marxism. And now we've seen that it's happening here. So, no, we're not a republic anymore. Well, no, I, <clears throat> we have gone a long ways from being a republic to an oligarchy. That's clear. Uh, that's very clear that we have. And, um, you know, again, Terry, I challenge you, call in. Don't be a coward. Don't sit behind the keyboard. Come in and make it known. Uh, quit giving your talking points that you're giving by conservative talking heads or liberal talking heads. I don't care because apparently Terry doesn't know how to listen to what we're saying. Lynn, you're giving the people something to help them understand that both parties and then again, this is something our founding fathers warned us about. Getting into this party idealism is wrong. We stand on the law. We stand on the law. And so those who want to call us libertards or whatever you're doing there in the, in the chat room, come in. We'll give you a platform to say what you want to say, but you better bring your A game because here's the issue. Lynn has done her homework in this. This is why I have Lynn on the show. Lynn has done her homework. She knows what's going on. She can throw document after document after document after video after statement at you. And you better be able to come with a little more than you're a bunch of libertors. You're for the Democrats. You better come with a little more than that. Okay. We're, and, and there's a lot of people, Lynn, who really appreciate what you do. I see that you see them here in the chat room. They appreciate what you bring mm -hmm. week after week because it helps them to understand just how much both political parties are attacking them. They're attacking their children. And as a result, they're attacking our future. Now, you were mentioning something in your article, and mm -hmm. I was showing the political article um, of Trump threatens to cut federal foreign funds from schools that uh, don't reopen. Then we've got DeVos. The virus is an excuse to strip public money from public schools. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to say this. Okay. You and I talk about the Ninth and Tenth Amendments. It doesn't give the federal government any, any, any place in federal in, in, in education at all. Zero. So since they don't have it, look, I'm going to tell you, I don't have a problem with a president who wants to challenge legislation that's unconstitutional and say, you know what, I ain't funding that. Um, and the reason I say that is because just because Congress passed it, you and I both agree if it's repugnant to the Constitution, what does Mar Madison versus Marbury say? It's null and void, right? 
Now, if the president is charged, Article 2, Section 3, to uphold the laws, then he can't, in good conscience, if he's really going to do that, he can't continue to fund something that's unconstitutional. So I, you know, but here's the problem. Here's what they do. It's like this, uh, the political article says, it says, if the schools don't open, then we're not going to give them federal money. Well, whether they open or not, you shouldn't be giving them federal money in the first place. That would be what I would say, not this thing of the strings, like what you talked about just a minute ago, the strings of you have to open, you have to do as we say. The fact of the matter is we shouldn't be having the federal government give a dollar to public school systems at all. Zero, none. I don't know how, right. I don't know if you buy into that, but I, I see it. If you're going to uphold the law, then you can't fund what is lawless. I mean, I just, I don't see how you do that. Right. Well, you know, go talk to Congress because they are flat doing it hand over fist. Yeah, I agree. with education. Yeah, I agree. But absolutely. I, but the president, but the president is supposed, is supposed to, uh, is supposed to uphold the law. And just because Congress made it something under the color of law, they said, oh, we wrote legislation, it got passed, it got signed, doesn't mean it's in accordance with the Constitution. And you and I agree, there are many who agree with us, the Ninth and Tenth Amendment say, you know, whatever we didn't authorize you to do, that resides with the states and with the people. And um, we didn't authorize them in the area of education. Money shouldn't be flowing from the federal government for education. They shouldn't be determining what is being taught to our kids. None of that stuff. So, you know, I wouldn't even care if it's if it's the usurper who was trying to push that, even though, you know, he would be illegitimate. Um, and I'm talking about Barack Hussein Obama, Satoru Sabarka. It wouldn't it would be the same thing with him. Uh, you know, if he did it, that would be actually a good thing. But he's doing it illegitimately because he, he was an illegitimate president. He, I mean, I don't even call him a president for that. So people understand I, Lynn and I, when we talk about these things, we're trying to hold to the law. We're not trying to hold to a political party. That's the difference between everything else you hear. And when you guys come in and you bring me that stuff about Democrats and live, forget that. Look at what the law is. That's what protects your liberties. If you care more about your political party than you do the other, you're going to lose your liberties for yourself, for your children, for your grandchildren, for the generations to come. And you ain't getting them back. You ain't getting them back. Right. Well, you know, here's here's something. Here's a challenge for those who think that <clears throat> we're off our rocker, okay? Go to whatever internet search bar you have and type in COVID profits education and look at instantaneously the thousands of results you're going to get, all right? Just do that because that's another thing that's happening with this jackpot in COVID and especially with the USMCA, the reason why, one of the reasons why we're seeing so many small businesses not reopen is because they can't. They absolutely can't. And in the USMCA, the government is given the authority to shut down small businesses and assimilate them into uh, corporations. So they get to pick and choose which business thrives and which business doesn't. So if you think you're going back to a new normal after all this garbage is over, you're not. And education is going to be done the same way. No, it, it absolutely is. Uh, I pulled up the uh, search that you told us to do so I could show the, uh, the viewing audience of some of the things, just the first page here on DuckDuckGo. And yeah. um, you see how many? Yeah, yeah, there's a ton of them. There's a ton of them. Um, many pages uh, of things. Now, it doesn't list the pages in the way sort of a Google search would do. 
but uh, there's there's tons on this, and all of it goes. I mean, we're talking about FEMA, uh, CDC, um, the Department of Education, all of these guys, and then you start getting into the Forbes and and other places, the other outlets that write on these kinds of things. All of these are coming up in there tied to this this kind of funding. Yeah, absolutely, there is. Absolutely, there is. Now, we have another, if we have time, I'd like to get into the other part of the show that we sure. were going to do because this is kind of an update to a, a show that we did. Oh, what was it? Late June or early June? I don't know. It was all about the Earn It Act. It was the um, S3398 that uh, your Senator Graham right. had sponsored. Yep. Okay. All right. What people need to know about that is that it just sailed through the Senate Judiciary Committee. And, oh, by the way, guess who is the chair uh, for that committee? And it's Senator Graham. Mm. And what this means is that this S3398 now goes to the Senate floor. But here's what they did while it was in their committee. They supposedly toughened the law up. And so if you'll show that particular image with the, uh, the Capitol, the rotunda, uh, okay, I, I pulled up the article here, so I'll, I'll catch that one. Yeah, it's uh, okay. It was the third image in the email. Yep, I've got it. Okay, what you need to see with that one is that here's his quote. To those who shared the horrors of child sexual abuse on the Internet with the committee, you inspired us to act and you made it impossible for us to look away. Now, the NCOSE down at the bottom, that stands for the National Center of Sexual Exploitation, and all its allies helped the Earn It Act pass this committee, which was a 22 to 0 vote, all right? But look at this. Graham has financial ties to Big Pharma and Big Data Tech, as well as news reports of personal sexual activities while serving the citizens of South Carolina and the nation. So is this really the best sponsor for a bill that addresses child exploitation. And here's why this is a concern and why we're bringing it up, because this is going to hopefully take care of child trafficking, uh, child pornography over the internet and things like that. But what this bill doesn't do, why I am upset about this bill and why every parent should be upset about this bill is because it doesn't really address the comprehensive sexuality education being foisted on our children, not only in school, Tim, but in libraries and after school programs and all over our communities. Because let's remember, the Every Student Succeeds Act said that the community had to get in on the aligning education for everybody. So while you've got a bill that might sort of kind of take care of this sort of thing, it's not doing it good enough and it's about to hit the senate floor so we need parents and taxpayers and people who just really would like to not see their kids be subjected to what is child pornography in the name of education they need to be raising cane right now um one of the things that it does in this particular bill is that it changes the name of child pornography to child sexual abuse material or CSAM, all right? And it's supposed to do it, especially over the internet. But we've got kids out there, Tim, on their school-issued laptops or devices who are getting porn uh piped in through these particular devices, and they don't even look for it. They don't even ask for it. 
so, you know, this is supposed to wipe that out. But what this bill also does, and this is really going to get your taxpayers in a, in a pickle, Congress wants to incentivize those Internet servers who have access to this kind of garbage and pay them to keep their garbage off the Internet where children are concerned. Why not go after them criminally like you should? Why are you wanting to incentivize them? Absolutely. And who and let's let's ask the question for those who uh, claim that we're Democrats and we're libertarians and we're let's ask the question: Who is charged with actually enforcing that law that you just said to go after them criminally? That's right. Our Constitution says it's the president. That's the guy who does it. Article two, section three, to faithfully uphold the laws and see that they're executed. This is the guy who's supposed to do it. What does he do? Well, he makes jokes. He gives you mama jokes. He gives cut downs. He gives rips, slams, blasts, whatever the headline is, but he doesn't bring justice. And this is the point that we try to make over and over and over here on the Sons of Liberty. We hold to the Bible. The Bible gives us the law of God upon which um, is our, it's the bedrock upon which our republic rests, as one of our presidents said. And then additionally, where the Constitution is not in alignment with that, it needs to align with the Bible. So whose job is it to enforce that land? It's the president's. Is he enforcing that? No. When you talk about uh, my senator here from South Carolina, which, you know, I got to tell you, everybody, the funny thing is everybody I know that I talk to doesn't like Lindsey Graham. They wished he was out like, I don't know, eight years ago. And yet the people of South Carolina continue to put this guy in there. This guy had, before the primaries, South Carolina, we had the opportunity to put Michael LaPierre, a godly man. He didn't know everything. He came on the show. We interviewed him. But he was willing to say, you know, I want godly people around me who can point me to the Bible and the Constitution and say, well, that bill is, is unconstitutional or is constitutional. I want, in fact, I turn him on to you on the issue of education. Uh, we have that kind of thing going on. And yet the people continue to put this guy in. And before those primaries, you were talking about his, uh, his personal life. This guy has had multiple sodomite escorts come out and say that he had them or he called them up to engage in sodomy, not sex, sexual intercourses between a man and a woman to engage in sodomy. And the people of South Carolina said, just fine with that guy. Go ahead and put him back in there. We want to we want to push him through the primaries. And now he's pushing this thing on child trafficking. You People, do you not think one doesn't have something to do with the other? If you don't, you don't have your eyes open. You really don't. Did I lose you, Lynn? No, I'm here. Hang on. <laughs> I get in my rant and my preacher mode and Lynn goes, oh, there goes that guy. He's <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was putting in um, a comment and I don't even see that it showed up. So, oh, poo, I was trying to tell everybody to, um, you know, go after the Senate Bill 3398. So that was what I was trying to do. Okay, well, we have, anyway, I'm going to put that back up on the screen so that uh, people yeah. have that. Um, Three three nine eight. Right. Now that was in the um, the code. Was that in the co no? That wasn't in the COVID. That was in the update uh, portion. And so I'm going to yeah. put that back up here. Yeah, that uh, was the update article. Yeah, yeah so people can do that. Right. The super scuzzy <laughs> congressional deviant, <laughs> as yeah. Lynn calls it. That was the S three three nine eight. If you, you want to call it, it's called the Earn It Act. You guys can call your congressmen, right. your senators, and tell them to oppose uh, that bill. Lynn. 
either oppose it as it is or beef it up because it is not enough. And here's why. If you'll show that next uh, image, that it was the fourth one in the email. If you will show that one, this is what I want folks to see, okay? The National Center on Sexual Exploitation. Let me know when you've got that I got up. it. Okay. This is from their 990 tax form, their last one. And they tell you that they advocate for the universal right of sexual justice which is freedom from sexual exploitation, object, objectifying, and violence, okay? Then down at the bottom, the yellow box, general public education, the National Center on Sexual Exploitation educates and empowers the public by addressing the links between all forms of sexual exploitation and exposing the public health crisis of pornography. Okay, great. In their Dirty Dozen list, they list EBSCO, which EBSCO is horrid as far as K-12 through educational comprehensive sexuality education, all right? But they left out Planned Parenthood. They left out Pearson Publishing. They left out the U.S. federal government, especially the uh, Department of Education and Health and Human Services, because you would not believe the federal funding that goes into comprehensive sexuality education for the express purpose of gender bending. Then you, they left out the United Nations and UNESCO and the WHO, the formerly SICUS, uh, which was tied to Dr. Alfred Kinsey, who was a sick, twisted individual. Uh, his organization has now had a name change, and they now call it the Sex Ed for Social Change instead of the um, the former name, or the National Standards for Sexuality um, Education, which uh, Planned Parenthood had a hand in. So if they're really going to generally publicly educate the, the nation and they're really going to go against all forms of sexual exploitation, why did they name just one offender? Why not all these others? And why not have it in the language of the bill that Graham is so proud of? Why did they not include this kind of stuff? Why was it left out? Because... The Center for um, Sexual Exploitation also has a lobbying arm, and anytime we have lobbying arms, we know there's big money there. Okay, this is this is why this Senate bill is it needs to be either opposed as it is, or seriously beefed up because this organization is not living up to its mission, its purpose, and Congress bought it just like it is. No, I, and I'm not surprised by that. In fact, one of the interesting things is they call it the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. Um, I guess that could be taken two different ways. And we've talked about how they put names on bills to make them sound good while at the center of them, at the heart of what they are, mm -hmm. they're really destructive and they're really bad and evil, as a matter of fact. With this, it's as though they're they're using a name here that people will think, okay, well, they're against this. And yet, what are they doing? Are, are they really against this objectification, this sexual exploitation, this violence against whatever sex is going on here? What's going on there, Land? I mean, are they putting a front up for something? They're putting a mask on of what they truly are, and they're not really showing you who they are? I believe so, and the reason I do is because if you look at the language of the bill, it's not really going to stop the problem. It might make it go through another avenue, 
but it's not really going to stop the problem. I mean, it's great if they want to really go after those who are exploiting our children, okay? Please don't get me wrong, because no child should be subjected to that kind of stuff. But if you're going to mean it, mean it. Don't just sit there and go, oh, okay, well, yeah, we're going to go cut it off here, but we're going to let it go over here. And, oh, by the way, we're going to pay them so that they can keep their stuff over here but not go um, over here. It's kind of like once you turn on the water, you really can't control which side of the sink it goes on unless you manually, you know, uh, put your hand in the stream of water so that it can go to the left or to the right. So, you know, and we've seen how deceptive the Common Core machine is when it comes to things that are done in education. And that's the problem with this comprehensive sexuality education. It's been called education when it's nothing but smut. Okay? That's the problem. But, but we've got, we've got such a long history of, of sexual deviation in DC. I mean, you know, in the article I put in Bradley's 2414 uh, article about the trafficking and the exploitation of children that runs all the way up to the White House. And I've been able to update that with this, this bill and this information. So no, it's not, it's not just something that's going to go away. It's still there and the sexual deviation will continue as long as we, the people do not fight it. So this is why I'm saying we need to get in touch with the Senate and the House and go, look, our tax dollars do not need to fund this kind of stuff because comprehensive sexuality is child pornography and you can't just change a name from child pornography to child sexual abuse material and still let it fly in a school. No, I completely agree. And, you know, to our shame, here's uh, here's our senator, Lindsey Graham, South Carolina. We we as a people ought to be ashamed for having this guy in in the Senate for as long as he's been. We we should be ashamed for having him in the Congress uh, before. And yet he is pushing uh, this kind of stuff. Um, He continues to do it in spite of the fact that in his personal life, uh, I mean, he is alleged to have been engaged in some of the most deviant. In fact, let me just be very straightforward here. He has been alleged to have engaged in acts that under our forefathers, he would have been put to death. Okay. This, this is just the way it is. I've done a whole article on this, on the laws, on the laws of the States, on what happened uh, to people who engaged in sodomy and were caught in that or were testified against in that. And yet we're we're letting him present himself as though he's a carer of our children, that he really cares about our children, that he loves the children um, in the Earn It Act. And you should oppose that. What is that? 3398 is a Senate bill uh, that people need to oppose. And uh, and that's one of the action calls for today. We, we, we used to have it. We used to have the call to action at the end of the show. That's one of the calls to action. You need to call people. You need to call Senator Graham. Uh, I'll be calling him as well this morning and telling him, no, you've you have no authority to be doing this in the first place, let alone the moral authority. You don't have the constitutional authority to do that. Uh, let's wrap up the show here. we got about four minutes here, Lynn. Um, you've got something here called uh, the paywall frequently asked questions. This comes out of um, the Red Bluff Daily News. Um, is this a part of what's going on here as well? I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out where you are. <laughs> uh, well, it was down. It Hang was... on just a second. No, that's fine. Hang on just a second. Let me get in the email. Here. This is Obama wish to defund education over Title IX and bathroom gender issues. Oh, yeah. That was that was just something that I 
found when I was looking for why Trump wanted to defund education. And when I said, you know, president defund education, it pulled that up too. So that is for folks if they want to see. Um, yeah, he wanted to do that. Um, <clears throat> because like I said earlier, you know, he wanted to do it and everybody was okay with it. Trump wants to do it and nobody's okay with it. So why were you okay with it when it came to Obama, but you're not okay with it when it comes to Trump. So that was just for comparison. I see. I see. Okay. All right. Well, that, uh, that, that covers all of the stuff that we have here. Um, I'm mm -hmm. trying to see if we had some other things that you, you sent our way. Now, folks, just let you know, when we archive the show, Lynn also gives some extra stuff here. Um, she's got about five or six different other things that you can do your own homework on, as well as all of the stuff that we talked about today will be in the archives. And I suggest uh, people like Terry, um, you know, and others who are in the chat who are always, you know, they're attacking us over this. We're just going to the documentation and we're saying what we what we believe from that documentation. We're not making the stuff up for ourselves. We're going back to the documentation. You can bet your bottom dollar if you go up against Lynn Taylor. <laughs> You better bring your A game. I'm just saying because she's done the homework. <laughs> she's brought the documentation, whether it be in video format, whether it be in a bill, whether it be in a statement or whatever the case may be for what she says. She always does this. And so I feel very confident. This is why I asked Lynn to come on the show and Lynn comes of her own volition. She does it as a labor of love. In fact, uh, she does it so much. She doesn't get paid. She's got a website she runs. She goes around the country. She's a homeschool mom. Uh, of course, her daughters are, are now grown, but she's been through it. She's been putting out this information for years. And the fact of the matter is, Lynn, you should be applauded, not um, called names as you've been in the chat room. You should be applauded for exposing it on whether it's a Democrat or Republican, for exposing the criminality of these people to attack our children while other people want to defend whatever their political jersey is. Now, with that said, Lynn, we got about a minute here. Tell people where they can find out more about you, how they can support you and what they want to do. Because, again, you do this as a labor of love. You don't you don't charge to do anything that you do. You do it as a labor of love for the people. Well, you can find my blog. It's CommonCoreDiva.com. Um, if you choose to support financially, there is a donut, a donut, <laughs> there's a donate button. You get a donut um, you if can you also donate find me on. You can also find me on Facebook as Common Core Diva or U.S. Parent Call to Action. You can find me on Parlor at CC Diva. You can find me on USA.life, MeWe, uh, localactivist.org. You can also find me on Roku or Amazon Fire Stick with the Breaking News Journal Network. And there's a Common Core Diva channel there. You can subscribe there. Yeah, and Lynn is now a television personality. I, I feel very honored <laughs> that we have that going on. That's wonderful. Um, and I, I'm, yes, I'm, we're going to hand out we're going to hand out donuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get a donut if you donate. That's the way it works. <laughs> hey, guys, we appreciate you. Lynn and I both do. We really appreciate you guys' support in there because we do stand, uh, as you said, Renate, we stand on the Bible. We stand on the Constitution. The Bible first and foremost. If the Constitution is out of line, we stand right there. You guys join us in 23 hours. We're going to have that pre-record of Dr. Thomas D. Lorenzo. You don't want to miss that. See ya.